Hi guys, welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. It's Sarah and Lori, and today we are returning to our reviews of BPD related information. We like to consider ourselves a little bit of BPD experts just given the fact that we obviously have borderline personality disorder. And because of all of you guys, we talk to a lot of people with borderline personality disorder. But in trying to figure out what we were going to record on today, I found an article online that talks about the quote unquote four types of borderline personality disorder. And apparently there's a field expert. I don't even really know what field expert means. Um, Theodore Millen, I'll have to look him up, who says that there are four different types of borderline personality disorder. So we're going to review the four types, quote unquote, four types and give our thoughts on it. Lori, what do you think about this? Um, I'm actually like just Googling some things uh, to try and figure out if I have any additional context. So what I I hear this a lot because a lot of people um, ask for us to talk about quiet borderline. Like that's a very, very, very common thing people talk to me about. Um, I've read a lot of research articles about BPD, shitload of them. Like probably more than Marsha herself. I don't know if I'd go that far, but like I've basically spent the last, uh, what, eight years in post-secondary doing as many papers as I possibly can on BPD all the time. And I've never actually run into the four types of BPD in like an actual scientific journal. Can you Have explain you? to me what post-secondary is? Oh, sorry. Like university. Have you like, been in university for eight years? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I graduated high school in 20. Oh my God. 10 years. Fuck. I graduated high school in 2011 and I basically haven't stopped university since. How long was your undergrad? It took me like six years. Okay. Then I did a public health program for two years and then now I'm doing my master's. So 10 years. The college system in Canada is very different. Well, you're, so you're supposed to finish university, like your bachelor's in four years here, but like nobody does. And then obviously I was like in the midst of like intense mental health issues and I was sure. working. So I didn't finish that quickly. I don't, I know like one person who did and it's cause like their parents bankrolled their entire degree. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I took a year off in between twice as well. So I get it, but I'm speaking to the, you did a math, a public health program after university, but before graduate school. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a graduate certificate. It's, anyway. That is so weird. Okay. Well, Sorry. that's not, that's not, to... that's not like normal. That was just like a fluke. That's not like oh. what you would do. Like most people would go from their bachelor's to their master's and then to their PhD. Okay. Yeah. It was just a fluke. But I long story short, has a I have, lot of knowledge. I have spent a lot of my time reading research articles about BPD and I plan on spending more of my life reading research articles in BPD, which is something that maybe we can talk about in the near future. I got an email about the thing uh, dun, yes, dun, dun. today. Um, yeah. Anyway, so spoiler alert. That will come up soon, hopefully. Um, but if so, I will be spending the next year of my life reading nothing but journal articles about BPD. And I have not run into this t- four types of BPD ever. And if I have, it was like once. Um, and so I'm not totally convinced that like it's like a legit thing. 
Um, and I just like a quick Google, very few of the like none of the websites looked legit at all. And I tried to Google Scholar it just like while we were sitting here. And there was like one thing that looked somewhat legit. Right. And but, see, that's why I want to talk about this stuff. This is like that is so dangerous. I mean, so again, like we'll have to read a little bit more about what what the things are, but like what the actual categories are. I think like realistically human beings like to categorize themselves. That's why we have like gender, right? Like at the end of the day, like it really shouldn't matter. Like, you know, if you have a dick or whatever, or like how you identify, it really like shouldn't matter, but we need to categorize people for our own like brains. So I think that like, if it's just as simple as like, they don't identify with all of the symptoms of BPD. So then they choose to identify with some rather than the other. And that's, they've decided as a subtype, not, I don't think that's harmful, um, but I could be wrong. I'm going to keep looking while I'm you I'm not talk. saying that the cater- the, cater- the categorization, I'm not saying that that is dangerous, but I'm saying that saying that according to field experts, but not having it posted on reputable peer-reviewed articles like through Google Scholar and through universities. That's what's dangerous to me um, because how reputable or according to the field is this? But I digress. Let's get into it. So there are four apparently different types of EPD. The first is discouraged borderline personality disorder. Discouraged borderline personality disorder is a subtype of BPD. When a person suffers from discouraged discouraged borderline, much of how they think, feel, and behave is driven by the dependent aspects of their personality disorder. Um, In fact, according to psychology today, from an outside perspective, a person with discouraged borderline might look a bit like someone with dependent personality disorder. This person displays signs of codependence in most relationships in life. This is often noticeable when they become dependent on a person with whom dependence is inappropriate, a casual friend, for instance, or a boyfriend or girlfriend they just started dating. A person with this subtype might seem outwardly depressed or serious, especially when compared to some of the other borderline disorder subtypes. So on that list, quiet borderline isn't one. That's so interesting. No. Because that's like the one that people ask me about all the time. Sorry, that one was the discouraged. Yeah. Discouraged. So basically I think what this is talking to from the way that I'm seeing this is like discouraged again, air quotes here, maybe a person who has a favorite person often. This is kind of speaking to the codependency that can occur when you have borderline personality disorder. Yeah. But like, that's, but that's that's a part of borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I don't know any buddy off the top of my head that doesn't have some sort of codependent issue with borderline because they probably wouldn't have been diagnosed with it if that was the case. Right. Because I think the codependency is just a symptom of frantically trying to avoid real or perceived abandonment. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at just like a Wikipedia page about these four subtypes and like even the wording itself. So there's a couple positive words like loyal, humble, whatever, but the other ones, vulnerable and constant jeopardy, hopeless, depressed, helpless, powerless. 
Hmm, like I wonder, it's all the same shit. Yeah. And like, is that, is that showing like the good parts of that issue? Right. Like, is it just like further adding to the stigma by having these, like, you're discouraged, you're self-destructive, you're petulant, whatever the hell that means. Um, right. Okay. We'll but let's get into those, but so I, you- I get what you're saying though. Cause it's like, Oh, not only do I have borderline, but I have the discouraged type of borderline. And then also like for me, there are moments where I feel those things, but like, I feel all things and they come and go. So like, I don't, to me, at least these subtypes don't, don't resonate, but we can continue. Okay. Subtype number two is the impulsive type of borderline personality disorder. This subtype of BPD is the most charismatic of all four. The impulsive subtype is said to have much in common with histrionic personality disorder, according to the psychologist. A person with impulsive borderline personality disorder often displays the following. Flirtatious with others, captivating, elusive and something I can't pronounce, superficial, easily entertaining, high levels of energy and easily bored, thrill-seeking and risk-taking, attention-seeking, charming, dramatic, and then, dun-dun-dun, highly manipulative. Lovely. I was like, oh, I'm all, I'm a lot of those things, but I'm, I, I don't think I'm highly manipulative. That doesn't resonate with me. And Uh, you are so not thrill-seeking. No, but I'm certainly dramatic and, um, energetic and. Dude, I can't not flirt. That true. That too. I am. It's like, I. It's like if a I'm legit- at a bar, I'm going to flirt with anyone who's slightly attractive. Sometimes people will say that to Aaron. They're like, do you care when she like talks to other people like that? And he's like, I knew what I signed up for. <laughs> like he knows I would never cheat on him. So he's just like, yeah, whatever. She's got a big mouth. Like none of it's going to ever result in anything happening. But um, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is just BPD. <laughs> none yeah. of these things speaks to the impulsivity is the captivating overarching part of borderline, right? Flirtatious is an impulsive issue. Mm, Sounds like a friendly issue and a desire to connect. Captivating. How is that impulsive? Yeah. Superficial. How is that impulsive? But all of those things lead like, um, the, all of those things can be considered like leading towards manipulation. Right. This is dirty. Theodore, you fucking psychologist. You are a dirty motherfucker. He's still alive. Maybe we can get him on here. He's 85 years old. Do you think he knows how to use Zoom? (laughs) I shouldn't say these things. Everybody at 85 knows how to use Zoom if they're like somewhat cognitively intact during COVID. I digress. This is dangerous. Okay, let's go back to the next one. So Theodore, we um, are debunking discouraged and impulsive borderline personality disorder. Two of the four is O's for us, but let's get to petulant. Do you want to read it, Lori? I I have a different thing open than you because I'm comparing the two. I can read what mine says. Okay, yeah. um, As features. So it says negativistic, impatient, Restless as well as stubborn, defiant, sullen, pessimistic, and resentful, feels easily slighted and quickly disillusioned. I swear to God, that's what people think about millennials. 
like that list I like just that list in itself people are like oh millennials but like oh I also had to google what petulant means it's an adjective that means childish sulky or bad-tempered which is something that I find triggering when people talk about like temper tantrums on like people with borderline I think this I think this came up on my episode with my dad the episode with my dad actually like he like, used I, the word tantrum and I did not like that like I'm not childish dad I'm, Dean I'm going through a lot <laughs> oh my god can we just talk about how cute it is that my dad was in the states for the first time and then he asked Sarah to go out for coffee with him but then she couldn't because she hates him no no he <laughs> like uh, no, he hit me up like the day before and was like, can you get coffee at 10 a.m. tomorrow? And it's like, I am, I'm literally working 65 hours a week. I have to have like a week notice to be able to make a Monday at 10 work. But dad Dean was like, so sweet. It's so, so sweet. It's literally the cutest. But also like, can we just like, he, he uses this language in his messages. He's like, he's literally so cute. Let me see what he. You know, he collects um, dictionaries. That's like his thing. He has like thousands of dollars worth of dictionaries. He had a table specifically built to hold a specific dictionary once. Dude, your dad's so cute. Okay. He goes, um, Sarah, I'm in Salem on Monday. I need to go to Olympia. I want to do a quick coffee around 10 AM. And I was like, oh, I'm in Olympia this weekend. And I'm returning to Portland on Sunday. I have clients on Monday drats. And he hits me with one must play the probability. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. He is cute. He is very cute. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, although I would say that he is pretty ne- negativistic, stubborn, defiant, <laughs> pessimistic. Um, I've never heard the word negativistic. So, but so petulant BPD is just speaking to the snark. Right? Like kind of snarky and moody. Is that what it's saying? It kind of sounds like it, like just kind of like, um, like catastrophizing would be like something that I would assume fits into this category, which like, I think, again, we have black and white thinking. So a lot of us are going to catastrophize. Like I'm fully a person that does that. And to be fair, I mean, I, I'm impatient. I'm restless. Like of all of the things, I think that maybe this is the one that I would resonate with the most. Even. but I also the impulsive one, the flirtatious, dramatic one. Like I'm all of them. Like that's the thing. That's the point. Like, I mean, but I'm like by nature, I think that I'm more pessimistic than others, but I think I do that to protect myself uh, more than anything. And I also like, I don't think that that's a problem. Like, I don't want to be optimistic all the time. That's stupid. I will say though, the one that, and and again, I think further um, proving your hypothesis correct of like these categories are just used to further stigmatize because the last symptom I have under the petulant borderline um, profile is uses suicidal behavior or self-injurious behavior to control others. Yeah. So So like, this is funny and Lori and I are making a lot of jokes about it, but like this kind of rhetoric is so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, You know, what would be a really cool thing to do one day is like, I mean, I I don't know if we've kind of gone into ever like 
person first language when it comes to talking about mental health issues, but like not saying like, oh, you're so borderline, like you're so bipolar, like, no, I have borderline personality disorder. Like I am not my disorder. I'm a person who experiences this disorder. Um, that's what person first language is like. It would be so cool to go through like textbooks and change the language, not, not to make it like everything is sunshine and rainbows. Cause like not everything is sunshine and rainbows, but like to go through and like modernize the language so that it's not inherently stigmatizing because language is really important, right? Like none of these words are saying things that are positive. No. And I mean, this was published, this article I'm looking at was published in 2018 and like I was learning about person first language in 2010. Yeah, it's been a thing for a long time. And and in fairness, like it's something that we're all working on. I know we all we still make mistakes, even though we're using person first language, just like we make mistakes when we say commit suicide rather than die by suicide. We all make those mistakes because it's very ingrained into how we've been taught how to use language. But um, the last domain is self-destructive borderline personality disorder. And the symptoms consistent with this are intense feelings of self-loathing, prone to self-harm, <laughs> even though we just talked about that in the last one, but that's fine. Often depressed, feelings of bitterness, looking for comfort through attention from others, suicidal behavior, self-interest behavior, again, um, substance use, reckless behavior, sabotages their own happiness and well-being, um, unstable self-image, believes no one cares about them. So they don't care about themselves and unstable emotions. I assume that that is the one that like people collate with quiet borderline, which I'm going to Google after and read Um, just like based on how it's said, like, cause like I have like inward turning, self-punishing, conforming, um, increasingly high, strong and moody possible suicide. Like, and then yours had emotion, emotion swings or mood swings. Like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's literally what this disorder is characterized by. Like, and I will say, I do think there's a legitimate kind of differentiation between like what we think about in quotes, classic borderline and quiet borderline. Right. Because a lot of the outward expression that I experience and that Lori experiences, like y'all are going to know if we're upset. Right. But maybe a person with quiet borderline doesn't show it outwardly as much. And that, that is a kind of different presentation of this, but I would argue that we're all feeling the same thing. It's just kind of happening differently. I mean, I also find that for myself, at least I went from a more outward facing to a more inward facing person because of therapy. Because it's a lot easier to hate and harm yourself and get away with it. Quote, like that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Like you're, if you do it to yourself, there's less guilt in the end. And so I, I think that like, I became a different, if we want to call it like kind of borderline because of therapy, but I'm still the same person, you know? Totally. So I'm reading, um, I'm reading, I'm just Googled quiet borderline. Um, so basically like the definition is having quiet BPD means you direct any mood swings and behaviors inward rather than directing them outwards. See, and that makes sense to me more than these other four categories. 
I swear we could have an entire series on the people may also ask questions on Google when it comes to borderline. Like every time we Google something on this podcast, we end up doing this. Yeah. Um, people also ask the first one, how do you spot a quiet borderline as though we're like evasive and wearing camo in the wild? You know what I mean? I know. It, um, it really reminds me of back in the day when borderline bad gal was like, we caught a rare Pokemon when I came out with my BPD diagnosis. <laughs> right. Um, are borderlines immature? Again, that's not person first language. Um, and then the answer to that one is a person with BPD may appear to be emotionally immature because they often expect others to put their needs first. They're frequently emotionally dependent on others and they may appear to be trying to manipulate others with, um, from their way by, or to give them their way by inappropriate emotional reactions and acting out. I have less of an issue with that wording because it says it may frequently appear that they're trying to manipulate rather than they are manipulating. Right. It's not perfect, but yeah. No, 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 it's not. But um, do borderlines cheat? Are borderlines intelligent? The answer is no and yes. Well, probably and yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was say. Do borderlines have empathy? Like, are you freaking kidding me? We probably have Oh more. my God, more empathy than you could possibly ever imagine. Uh, are BPD psychopaths? Like, no. We're not. No. And Anyways. I think that is where you really struggle with the label borderline, right? Is that historically the name borderline indicated on the border of psychopathy? No, it was psychosis, psychosis and neurosis. So like anxiety and delusion was what it was before. Oh, I thought there was something about psychopathy. And no, I think it was just psychosis, but maybe not. I thought it was, yeah. You Googling it? You talk, I'll Google. Yeah. I uh, honestly, it's actually interesting because I've been considering um, doing, I haven't even told Sarah this yet. As usual, we're telling each other live on air, um, doing like a series of episodes interviewing people who have other personality disorders to see where we resonate. Um, because like, I would really love to talk to somebody with antisocial personality disorder because that also has a crazy high stigma. I really want to talk to someone with histrionic because my symptoms are really similar. Yeah. And, um, I know a guy who has, uh, dissociative identity disorder, which used to be known as multiple personality disorder. So like, I'm curious about if he would like to be interviewed. So if that's and I that would- also have OCDPD. Right. And you think I also OCPD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, however, they oh, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. That's on my. Yeah. Phone. Is it out? Yeah. I. It's not. I don't think it's on mine, but it probably should be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I. That's it. That's something that I've been considering in the future. So, if people are interested in that, let us know. Yeah, I would love to talk to someone with the DID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can ask um, the guy. He's he's usually pretty good about it. It's fascinating. Okay, so the term borderline was first introduced in the U.S. in 38. It was a term used by early psychiatrists to describe people who were thought to have a tendency to regress into, quote unquote, borderline schizophrenia in certain situations. At the time, people with neurosis were believed to be treatable, whereas people with psychoses were deemed untreatable. So on the border of psychosis, border of psychosis and neurosis. Yeah, I think we were both right. No, because psychosis is like schizophrenia, not psychopathy. Those oh, are God. I said that. Yeah. 
like, no, right, you're, I was wrong. I was like, you're for sure not right there. Jesus, I'm a therapist here. <laughs> God <okay>. bless. Um, <laughs> but since I'm reading this, by the 1970s, a deeper understanding of BPD began to emerge. Psychoanalysts like Odo, Otto, <laughs> fucking A, Sarah. Like, oh, uh, the the long night of recording yeah (laughs) defined borderline as a middle level of personality organization between psychosis and neurosis people with bpd were described as having a primitive psychological defense such as splitting and projective projective identification so yeah you were right yeah i was wrong as always no i'm just kidding (laughs) um i i also like that primitive part like that makes a lot of sense right like if you think about like your frontal lobe is the part of your brain that like animals have less of like monkeys and stuff like that. That's the part where you have like higher reasoning. The more primitive brains are going to be the things that like keep you alive, fight and flight and freeze like all of these things. And um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Theodore Millen, we highly disagree with your further categorization of BPD. Pretty but much. I think we both we both agree that the presentation of borderline and in individuals who self-identify as quiet is unique, mm-hmm. especially when you consider that their symptoms presented quietly before treatment, because my symptoms were loud, firework loud before treatment. Me too. And very so, loud. Right. So they, if they have historically always been turning inward, I do think that that is a legitimately unique experience. Yeah. And I mean, it would also lead, I think, to a lot of misdiagnosis as well. And in some ways, again, like maybe I'm a pessimist, maybe I'm like a slight conspiracy theorist, but like, I think people that are diagnosing assume that people with BPD are like angry and like violent and whatever, which we obviously know is not true. Whereas like, I think people that are taking it out out on themselves other than the fact that self-harm is like such a high prevalence, but like people who are, I think quiet and not quiet would do the same thing. I just don't think it would be diagnosed as much. You'd be much more likely to be diagnosed, I think with like major depressive disorder or something like that. Um, Anxiety. Yeah. Which I mean, like most of us would have as a comorbid condition, but, but not as an like like primary diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually, I don't know if I've ever been diagnosed with depression, but I've been diagnosed with dysthymia since I was, like, a kid, which is, like, basically, like, longstanding low-grade depression. And then, obviously, just, like, every anxiety disorder you can possibly have, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm guys, an anxious mess. You guys should see how Lori blows me up if I, ha- I haven't, like, posted something or uploaded something something and I just like that's st- that kind of shit is the furthest thing from my mind I just don't even like I can't even I don't and, hyper focus on timelines and deadlines and I have to tell you that like that is me trying so hard to let it go like that's how sad it is like well that and is- it, it legitimately creates anxiety for me worrying about you when you're doing your best to regulate So like, I would be, I would quit podcasting with you if you weren't regulating your anxiety around this thing, because it would create so much anxiety for me if you were not regulating that topic. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would be an anxious mess dealing with your anxiety. Totally. 100%. Because for me, it's not really the anxiety. It's the, you won't love me if I don't get it uploaded for you in time. Right. Yeah. And like, I should also clarify that like 
now, like, you know, if that's the case, I'll usually just do it. Like we try and like, we try and divide the workload as much as we can, but yeah, I get real stressed. Um, real stressed. And I'm not a timelines person. I'm just like, whatever. I just like, I, I I don't want our listeners to be sad when they get to Sunday and there's no episode, which I also understand that like they'll, they'll understand, but I get stressed. But luckily Sarah and I are both procrastinating on um, publishing an episode that we're terrified to publish that we recorded like two weeks ago, three, oh my God, like a month and a half ago. And we've been procrastinating so hard that now we're like super on top of it. And we've recorded like seven episodes so that we don't don't have to publish that one. (laughs) So maybe we'll just have this hanging over our head, like (laughs) keeping us from publishing it. Anyways. Okay. I'm going to go eat pizza, but I don't, I don't agree with Theodore. Correct. Me too. And I will, um, when I get this potentially exciting announcement, I will make sure that that is part of my work to see if I can, um, find out more about the legitness of that stuff. Perfect. I'm being so elusive. All right. Bye guys. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Hi friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bold, beautiful borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.